Hey guys, in this video, you are going to understand the mystery in Psalm 16, where we see the Sheol and, and Hades and how Peter quoted from this when 3,000 came to believe in Jesus Christ from Jerusalem. Hi, my name is George Crabb. Welcome to my channel. This channel is all about how to find Jesus in all of the Bible. Right now we're doing a series in, called Road to Emmaus, which is all about how to see Jesus in the Old Testament scriptures. Because he took those two guys on that road. He took them on a seven-mile trip and he expounded, the Bible says, explained to them, opened up the scriptures to them, the books of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms where he was found. Can you imagine having the recording of that, the podcast recording? I would give a million dollars for that. <laughs> well, anyway, that's what we try to do in this episode. We're, we're trying to go through those same scriptures because we want to see Jesus. And when you do, your heart will burn within you because it does for me every time I find a scripture in the Old Testament with Jesus in it. All right. So you're going to see that mystery. I promise you at the end of this episode, you're going to understand Sheol. You're going to understand what Gehenna is, what Hades means, all these different things that you see in the Bible. And you're like, what is that? Or Abraham's bosom. We're going to talk about that as well. That's actually a very important part of understanding the Bible. All right, let's get into it, guys. First thing we're going to do is look at a timeline here. So the Psalms, the Psalms of David, they're all written right around 1000 B.C., uh, David reigned around that time. I believe it was 970 is when he died. And then I think it was like like uh, a little bit before 1000 BC. You know, it counts down to Christ. As you can see in the uh, timeline, you could see that everything ends up counting right down to 0 AD, which means Anno Domini, which is Latin for the year of our Lord. And time counts down to him. Just recently, they changed it to common era instead of, um, you know, before Christ and then A.D., the year of our Lord. So they changed it to common era. That's what we see today. Hey, by the way, if you would like to purchase one of these uh, sweatshirts or uh, hoodies, and uh, I designed this. There's even bumper stickers if you want, but it's Jesus Loves Israel. I want to show as much support as I can for the nation of Israel, because I believe that God still has this tremendous plan with Israel. And I believe that he loves Israel. You know, and Zechariah says that they're the apple of his eye. Has that changed? No. It also says that they will look upon him whom they pierced, and they will mourn for him someday. And they will ask him, who gave you these wounds? This is all in Zechariah, you guys. And, they, and Jesus will reply, my friends did this to me. Isn't that awesome? He's going to show them such mercy and grace, just like Joseph did with his brothers during that time of trouble, the famine over all the world. They come to him, bow down, didn't know who he was. And Joseph says, Ani Yosef, I am Joseph. And they were scared, but Joseph said, don't be afraid, come closer. You didn't mean this, but God meant for all this. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save many people alive. And I believe that that is what Jesus is going to say to his kinmen, his countrymen, the people of Israel, his, his family, his bloodline, right? All right, let's go ahead and get into the episode now. And, uh, and I title this, uh, you know, Sheol, Paradise, Abraham's Bosom, Gehenna. Like, like, what are these things? Because I want people to 
to see these words and, and want to know what they mean. And we're going to go through that in this episode. So it's going to be awesome. You guys are going to, I promise you, you're going to understand every single part of that. And we're doing this series again, Road to Emmaus. This is number 17 and how to find Jesus in the Old Testament. All right. Let's go ahead and look at the uh, scriptures. So the Messiah resurrected. That's what we see in this, this psalm, Psalm 16. And we know that Peter quotes it in Acts chapter 2. And also we're going to look a little bit at the resurrection in Matthew 28. All right. So Psalm 16, let's go ahead and read that. This is a psalm of David. And we know it was written at least 1,000 years before the birth of Christ. And here we see... It says that I have, in verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. And here it is. This is the key verse, verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, and, or let your, bot, your Holy One, excuse me, see corruption. I'm going to read that again. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. That's speaking of Jesus Christ, my friend. Let's pray. Well, Father, we just pray right now as we want to learn from your scriptures, the meaning, and, and I just ask that you would make it very clear to us in this episode, in this time that we share together, that you would show us what you want to show us in these scriptures about all about your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. All right, let's continue. Matthew chapter 28. Here we're going to look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here we know the women went really early in the morning and they were worried about who's going to roll the stone away because they wanted to uh, help uh, preserve or put the spices on Jesus's body, which was a ritual that the Jewish people did in those days. And here it says, but the angel said to the women, they meet up with an angel there and he says, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he, ha he has risen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Just like he said he would do. He has risen as he said. And then it said, he said, come, see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. Oh, man, that's so good. So Jesus was raised from the dead. His body didn't see corruption. It was three days, three days, and he was raised up from the dead at that stone was rolled away and there was this great miracle of angels and and all these things happening on this resurrection day which was sunday okay all right acts chapter 2 this is peter preaching to thousands and thousands of men in jerusalem during this uh, festival and and here he says in verse 22 of acts 2 men of israel hear these words Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that he did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. So these guys actually saw this happen. 
And verse 23, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and, and foreknowledge of God. And you crucified him and killed him by the hands of lawless men. Peter is holding no punches back right here. But the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit is speaking right through Peter. And then continue on in verse 24. God raised him up, Peter said, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, and here he goes, quoting Psalm 16, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced, and my flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, and that word is also Sheol. So the Hebrew way of, of uh, interpreting that was Sheol. But then the Greek wording was Hades. And we know the Septuagint, which was their Old Testament scriptures in those days, was written in Greek. So it's the same thing. So for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. For you, you have made known to me the paths of life and you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Isn't that awesome, you guys? Speaking of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 1,000 years before Jesus was even born. I love these scriptures, don't you? Oh, it's so good. And then here in verse 29, Peter continues with this powerful uh, message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would imagine him giving it like Billy Graham did. You remember how Billy Graham would stand with thousands watching him and he would present the gospel with clarity and power. All right, verse 29. Brothers, I may not, or I may see to you with, say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. We, we actually know in Jerusalem that we have David's tomb there today. The traditional tomb is there today. And it was back then too. And in verse 30, being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He calls him a prophet here. You know, he was. David was a prophet. And then verse 31, he foreknew or he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. And you know, Christ is the Greek for Messiah or Mashiach in Hebrew. That he was not abandoned to Hades, nor, his, nor did his flesh see corruption. There he quotes it again. And this Jesus God raised up, and, and of that we are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God. Just like Jesus said to Caiaphas, he, he is at the right hand of the Father right now, guys. So good, isn't that? Don't you love that? Ah, oh, I love that. All right, so in the Hebrew Scriptures, okay, in the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, you would see those words come up, Sheol, the Sheol speaking. And all this is speaking of is the underworld where people went when they died. Okay, this is where the holding place where people went before Jesus came. And this is where they, you would go when you died. You'd either go to uh, this place 
called Paradise or Abraham's Bosom. Okay, I'm going to explain this a little bit more in detail. Just, just hold on. There's going to be a really good detail about this later. Or you would go to Gehenna, which was the place of torment, of burning and darkness. But you would see what was going on at Abraham's bosom, which was the paradise. And it would that would torment you even more, knowing that you're not there, right? And Jesus gave a story about that, and it was a true story. We're going to look at that, guys. But here we're going to go back to this, and we're going to look at the Hebrew Scriptures um, would describe this realm of the dead as Sheol. And then the New Testament, we know it's Greek. It was written in Greek. Uh, so was the Old Testament back then, because it was the Septuagint. Remember that. So the Greek equivalent of Sheol is Hades. It's just the place where the dead would go. So this is a general reference to that place, okay? That's all it was. So there were different terms used in the Bible for heaven and hell. Sheol, uh, Hades, Gehenna, we know that's hell. The lake of fire, that's later in Revelation. And uh, it actually swallows up Gehenna, and it's the eternal place of hell, of burning and damnation. You don't want to go there, my friend. Jesus spoke much about hell. You know why? He does not want you to go there. He didn't want me to go there. He doesn't want you to go there. And that's why he came. He made a way as the perfect lamb without fault, the lamb of God. He made a way that by the shedding of his blood for us to be born again as children of God and have that chance, not chance, but have that guarantee, the promise that his righteousness is imputed on us. Because Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 says that he became sin who knew no sin, that he would impute righteousness to us who would believe in him, you guys. So it's so good. So there was the lake of fire, there was paradise, and there was Abraham's bosom. And these are all subjects of much debate and they can be confusing. And that's why I'm doing this episode, so we can understand, have clarity when we see these words in the scriptures, all right? So let's keep going. So Sheol, let's talk about this one. Sheol, we, we, we talked about it a little bit already, but the rabbis divided the state of the after death, the state of after death was Sheol, into a place for the righteous. Okay, there was a place for the righteous, which was called Abraham's bosom. Okay, it's kind of like when... Uh, the Apostle John was leaning on Jesus's uh, chest, and that was, it was like, it, it, there was scripture saying that he was leaning on his bosom. So it's like he was, he was hanging out with Jesus, very close to him. It was intimate as a friendship, nothing weird. It was just him being his, his friend and, and total trust in him. So that's what Abraham's bosom was. That's the picture of it. And the other place for the, was for the wicked, and it was a place of torment and darkness, and it was called Gehenna. Gehenna, all right? And that's what was in Sheol. So Gehenna was the Greek word, and it was used in the New Testament for hell, and it is derived from the Hebrew word hinnom, hinnom. And it is also called the lake of fire, which is the everlasting hell that I just described to you. And that we find in Revelation, okay? That's, that's going to be the ultimate place of this Gehenna, this hell. It's swallowed up by this eternal hell, which is forever and ever. You don't want to go there. And you're going to have an opportunity in this episode at the end to give your life to Christ so that you 
are guaranteed that you will not have to go there because the scriptures promise that if you believe and you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in him and you believe that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. It's, it's in Romans chapter 10. <laughs> Look it up if you want. All right. Now, Abraham's bosom. Okay, remember Sheol or Hades had two places. There was Abraham's bosom or there was Gehenna. Gehenna was the place of torment. Abraham's bosom was this place of awesome paradise. Okay, it was a place you wanted to be. It was the place where David went, uh, you know, where Abraham was, of course, and the other believers that were waiting Jesus' coming. And so Abraham's bosom was the Old Testament um, souls of the righteous at death went directly into the presence of God. We see that in the scriptures. So the part of Sheol called heaven, and it was also called paradise, or it was called Abraham's bosom. And we're going to look at that in some scriptures in a story that Jesus told, all right? So paradise, another word for Abraham's bosom of this place where this holding area where people went when they died in the Old Testament. So the word paradise is used as a synonym for heaven. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 3 through 4 show that in Revelation 2, 7. And remember this, when Jesus was dying on the cross, remember he was on that cross and there was criminals on both sides of him fulfilling that scripture in Isaiah, but there was criminals on both sides of him. And Jesus tells one of them who confesses that he's a sinner, and he looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus says to him while he's dying on the cross with that criminal, and this this criminal asks him for mercy, and Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. And that's the place of paradise, Abraham's bosom or heaven. Those are the same interchangeable terms for this place that you want to go to. All right. And we're going to see Jesus tell a story explaining why you want to go to this place of paradise. And by the way, I love what Billy Graham said one time. Billy Graham, I love that guy. And he said this, he said, I am not going to heaven because I have read my Bible more. I've preached to thousands. I've prayed more. I'm just paraphrasing this, but this is what he said. I'm going to heaven just like that thief on the cross, that criminal on the cross next to Jesus, who said, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. That's how you get to heaven. It's, it's not by any good works that you do. He didn't do any good works up on that cross except for believe. That's how you get to heaven. You believe and you trust in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. It seems very simple. A lot of people don't like that, but hey, that's what the Bible says, and that's how the, our Lord Jesus Christ saves people, all right? He keeps it easy and simple because there's nothing we can do to earn it. He did the heavy lifting on the cross. He earned it. You can never earn it. He earned it so that I can get to heaven, so that you can get to heaven if you believe. All right? All right, let's get back to the presentation. So that's what he said to that criminal, and he is in heaven with Jesus right now, my friend. All right. So here's the story, okay? This is the story that Jesus gives. And interestingly, this is not a parable. When Jesus gave parables, okay, and this is, this is about the, the rich man and Lazarus, and it's a glimpse, it's a picture into Sheol, 
or Hades, that holding place for the dead. And Jesus gave us some amazing insight into what happened in those times, you know, before his resurrection, where people went and how it all took place. All right. So it's very interesting. He didn't say it was a parable. In fact, when Jesus gave a parable, he says, it's like this. Or let me tell you a story of what it's like. He would, he would let you know that it was a parable. This is not. So this is a true story. All right. There was a rich man, Jesus said. In, in Luke chapter 16, verse 19, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate, at his gate, okay, this guy saw this poor man every day, laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and they licked up his sores. So the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side, or that word is bosom, to Abraham's bosom, the place of paradise. But the rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, so he's in that place called Gehenna, and he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side, and he's called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger into the water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Whoa, that is a glimpse into hell, my friend. And Jesus said this, he didn't say this was a parable. This is a true story. And he gave us insight into all of this. So this man was in torture. He's in the flame and, is, and he's thirsty and, and he's in this place of torment, but he could see the place of paradise. He could see Abraham's bosom and that poor man who was there with Abraham. And then Jesus continued, but Abraham said, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner, bad things. And beside, and but now it, he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from from there to us. And he said, "Then I beg you." That man in torment said, I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. In other words, they will turn from their sinful ways and turn to God, but they didn't. And 31 says, verse 31 says, He said to, to him, Abraham said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead, and many refused to believe in him. Right? It's true. 
Oh my goodness. So Jesus gave us this huge picture of heaven and there was a chasm, a great chasm between them so that those who were in paradise couldn't go to those who were in torment and vice versa. There was no way of going across. And by the way, this place of Sheol or Hades or or this this afterlife, it was that was it. There's no going back. Once that you're you die and once you pass to this side, that's it. There's people that might get glimpses of the beginning of it, like the gates of heaven or a little sense of where they were going. But the truth is when you're all the way in, when you're dead, that's it. There's no going back. So you don't get a second chance, my friend. All right. So if you died today, that's the question. You know, if you died today, would you be in paradise with Jesus? You know, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I could sense this just filthy, dirty bag of sin on me, this heaviness, this filth, this dirt. And I knew I needed to be forgiven. That's our greatest need as, as human beings is to be forgiven by God. And when I, when I said the prayer with my dad and this other man, I, I gave my life to Christ. I felt that weight of the filth and the dirtiness and the slavery and the chains of it just just lifted off of me and cast out as far as the east is from the west, gone forever. And I was free. The sense I had, the greatest sense I had, it was this new freedom in life. And the fire of the Holy Spirit, his love filling my heart and the joy, just like waves of joy flowing in me and, and out of me. And, and with this, this freedom, you guys, that comes with being saved. That's the best part to me. That was my experience. All right. So, so good. So if you died today, where would you be? Would you be in paradise with Jesus or would you be in the place of torment? That's the question. First Corinthians chapter 15 says this. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And it continues in verse 6, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. So this is Paul speaking. This is uh, around, you know, I don't know, it could be like 40 to 50 uh, AD. So it's like maybe 15, 20 years after the resurrection of Christ. And here he says, then, they, then he, Jesus, appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then all the apostles. So Jesus appeared to over 500 people as a resurrection. They saw him die on the cross, 
And then they see him alive before their eyes, physical body, Jesus eating before them. It says he ate before them. This is a physical body, but it was like a supernatural body as well. Like, like you were like a Jedi, so to speak. I mean, Jesus would just appear to them all of a sudden. He would walk through locked doors. It was amazing. And, and, and this all happened in a span of 40 days, you guys. So awesome, isn't it? I love that. So that is, that's the, the teaching, you guys. And I hope you understand the terms Sheol, Hades. Those were, that was just the place where people went when they died. One of them was Abraham's bosom or paradise or heaven. And it was the place of paradise. The other was the place of torment uh, of Gehenna or hell. And it was a place of burning and darkness yet they could see the paradise. So where do you want to go? The Bible says to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord, if you're a believer. If you're not, to be absent with the body means you're going to that place of Gehenna, which is still there. That was not a parable. Jesus was telling a true story. And I don't want you to go there. I don't want any of my loved ones to go there. I don't want to go there. I know I'm not going there because I put my trust and my faith in Jesus Christ, and you can too, my friend. You can do it by a simple prayer. You can say it right after me, and you're saying, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I want to invite you into my life to be my master, my Lord, and my Savior, my King. That's all it is, you guys. You put your trust and your faith in Him. If you'd like to do that, or if you'd like to recommit your life to him, you could say this prayer right after me. Just, just repeat it after me, okay? Here we go. You're gonna, you're praying, you are praying to God right now. You're going to stop what you're doing, and you are going to be praying to God. Imagine nobody else around, just you and God, all right? Repeat this after me. Dear Lord, I know that I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin. I believe that you came and you died on the cross and that you shed your blood for me. I also believe that you rose from the again from the dead, excuse me, and you are alive. And that you're alive today. I put my trust in you and my faith in you, Jesus, as my Lord. And as my Savior, from this day forward, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Amen, my friend. If you did that, congratulations. Heaven rejoices over one who receives Christ. They're rejoicing in heaven right now because they don't want you to go to hell either. But God will never violate your choice. And if you decided not to pray that, you just heard that, you can go back and do that prayer, my friend, and receive Christ into your life. All right? Hey, well, God bless you, and God bless his kingdom coming to this world. You know why I know that? I read the last book of the Bible, Revelation, and we're going to be doing that. When we finish this Road to Emmaus uh, series, we're going to apply all these Old Testament scriptures and plug it into the book of Revelation, which most people don't want to get into. They, they say nobody can understand it. 
Yes, you can. There's an outline in it. It's amazing. I've been studying it already. And I've read the last book. And guess who wins? Jesus wins. He wins, my friend. Satan loses and he goes into the burning pit, the lake of fire, hell forever and ever. And we get to go, those who believe in him, get to go to paradise with Jesus Christ forever and ever. So the bad guys lose, the good guys win. All right? All right, God bless you. And uh, God bless his kingdom coming to this world maybe soon.